Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest all the way from Bali, Indonesia, Kate O'Brien. Kate, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. And for anybody out there who maybe doesn't know Kate yet, she actually, just a few years ago, let go of a thriving career in healthcare to pursue her life calling of empowering billions globally by combining heart and strategy. She founded something called Game Changer Live. It's a two-day, highly acclaimed transformational workshop, which is run throughout Australia, Southeast Asia, and, and her, she also has a three-month advanced breakthrough program, Game Changer High Performance. Then, alongside with her husband, Hanare, did I say that right? Perfect. Oh, God. Uh, she actually co-founded something called the Game Changer Global Summit, and it's an annual event that connects top thought leaders. On her stage, she attracts luminaries such as Jack Canfield, John Gray, uh, Brenda Bouchard, Marcy Shimoff, many, many more. She navigates the roles of mother, wife, spiritual partner, coach, speaker, and author with a huge amount of commitment to love. She actually commits each day to stepping up further and further into her highest potential and use the gifts she was given to make a difference on the planet. Kate, Take a minute or two and fill in any blanks from that intro, and then, if you wouldn't mind, give us a little glimpse into your personal life. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, Ken. Uh, really, my life has been one of paradox, pain, and triumph. Uh, I started off, and I'm going to rewind back, you know, a number of years. I started off uh, really on my knees to <laughs> total rock bottom. In terms of I had anorexia for three years, I had bulimia for uh, way more years than I can count, uh, depression and a drug addiction. So, you know, uh, there was twice in my life where I actually felt like I was uh, knocking on death's door. That does something to a human being in terms of getting super clear on what's important in life and not wanting to live with regrets. Coming through that, I obviously had to dig super, super deep to be able to transform the patterning that I had. And, you know, there's no coincidence that I had that sort of, um, those sort of things going on that was, you know, a result of, uh, you know, an interesting upbringing at times. Uh, and then, you know, the interesting, the next point in my life where I got to almost like another slap in the face uh, awakening moment when I realized that, you know, my life was good. I'd really, really worked hard to be, get a normal life. I'd, we'd had a marriage, uh, kids, rental property business, successful national career. I was getting flowing, uh, you know, to speak at international conferences, etc. And, you know, it had taken a lot to build myself up to that point, given even how much social anxiety I'd had in the past. And then I got to this point, and this is my next real, whoa, wake-up moment, where I realized that actually I felt that it was also just as much of a waste of a life to live tolerating 
anything less than a life that really honoured this life, this absolute gift that I was given. And I got to see that there was gifts within those painful experiences. And it wasn't an accident that I had my father, who I now have a fabulous relationship with, which is in itself a miracle. Uh, you know, you're talking, we're talking about relationships today. Um, and it wasn't an accident that I had those experiences growing up. And I realized that it was all perfectly divinely aligned. And it gave me a unique position, a unique skill set, a unique depth, a unique ability to help other people. And so that became my next moment where I really got that I was uh, going to commit my life to absolutely living at my highest potential, to keep expanding to really who I could be in this lifetime and really share the truth of that journey. Because here's my other commitment, Ken, is that I'm not just going to share from the shiny parts of my life, which, you know, I have created a lot of success and I do get a lot of success and, you know, life is pretty amazing actually. I also want to share with people what the day-to-day, moment-to-moment reality of that is when it's in my relationship with my husband. We have an extraordinary relationship. He's a spiritual teacher. Uh, he's, got, he's an interesting guy as well. And we've... Um, And also, in our commitment together of continually expanding our relationship to the highest level and using our relationship as a tool for us both to really expand into the highest versions of ourselves, guess what? Everything that's not that gets activated. So we really are fully triggering our own pain points, uh, and we use those to keep expanding, keep growing. So here's here's what our commitment is. Inside of our commitment to really empowering billions globally, to expand to their fullest potential and live in their truth. Inside of that, we also share very openly, um, sometimes raw at times, from actually what we're experiencing and our stand and our intention and our purpose of that is so that everyone who is watching or listening or following it also gets that their own human experience is damn well perfect for them. What I don't want to do, and I think it's a disservice, and I see it a lot, is people show just one shiny, bright version of themselves. Sure, it's almost like the front-runner part of their personality, which they show. And yes, although that is a part of the truth of who they are, it's certainly not the whole truth. These are parts of them that they're not comfortable with showing. And then when we don't show that, the people who are following that only see one version, and then they have that as a model of where they need to get to. And then they make on the inside of themselves wrong that the parts of them that they don't feel comfortable with, they bury them and shove them down deeper and they uh, basically make the meaning that they're not good enough. You know, really it perpetuates that cycle and it becomes a disservice. So that is really what our stand is and uh, yeah, that's that's in a nutshell of where we've got to, where we are, what our stand is and how we help people get. Excellent, thank you. Well, I'll tell you where I'd love to start, Kate, is... For me personally, I, I found it's helpful to have what I call a guiding principle. And sometimes it shows up like a quote or a mantra or something that's kind of that touchstone you can always go back to when you're kind of getting off the path. And I'm wondering, what do you use for a guiding principle? And, and how do you see this being something that, that you know our listeners could apply in their life? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. For me, the gu- main guiding principle over my life is that everything that is showing up for me in the moment is there for my growth. So 
I want to say the difference between accepting and tolerating, just to really distinguish that, because sometimes people mishear this conversation. So in the moment, if I'm experiencing something that's really triggering something or something that is I'm getting activated on, most of the time what human beings do is we resist that. What I'm saying instead is really choose it. So choosing it shifts us into a space of actually empowerment, into ownership, into responsibility. And inside of that space, we get our power. We get to then choose something differently if we want. We also get our growth. The big difference between, and this is where I just want to draw this distinction, a big difference between choosing and tolerating. Because choosing something doesn't mean to say you'll tolerate it. Tolerating is over time, even though this is not working for me, I won't... Uh, have the responsibility of making a change but choosing is very differently different and so that's really my guiding principle is that I uh, keep working on choosing what comes up so that I can then use it as my growth point so that I can then uh, expand or and, and then once I've got the growth point choose something differently and I've got to say Ken one and for those of you who are listening I want to be really clear that when I say this is my guiding principle I also said I'm, I continually work on having that as my guiding principle moment to moment because my own core patterning around where the boundaries of my core identity are set, we all have this, that sometimes something will trigger me and in the moment what comes up naturally is full resistance of that. But when I'm working on choosing it and even sometimes the only thing I can do is choose the resistance which allows some of the resistance to drop, then I can actually move into a full space of choosing and then get the lesson. Yeah, I, I, I love that distinction between choosing and tolerance because I, I, I totally agree with you that that's one of those things where sometimes we we kind of fudge it and we act like, oh, no, that's that's the same thing, but it's not. And it's really important to be aware of that. So, Kate, I want to ask you, one of the things that our... our listeners really love about this show is the stories that our guests are so generous in sharing about their lives and, and what they've experienced. And where I'd like to start is if you would take us to a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, you know, you tell us what was going on, what did you trip on and, and what did you learn from that experience that has helped you to move forward? Huh. I have uh, I have a lot of these that I could share from. We're going to limit you to one today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, actually, when my husband and I first met, uh, we met 12 or so years ago. And when we met, we were uh, such a reaction to each other. So, growing up, just in a nutshell, my dad was the one that was abusive and his mother was the one that was abusive. So, I grew up with the story of, I will never let a man treat me that way. And he grew up with the story of, I will never let a woman treat me that way. So we were drawn in together almost as a magnetic attraction for the hurt, unhealed parts of us that were being represented in the other person. And so you can imagine for the first 12 months of our relationship together, it was uh, like a train crash at times. And this was really the learning from this is that we do attract into our lives at the level to which we are vibrating at. at. We attract into our lives people who are a perfect match from for where we're operating at, the unhealed parts of us. And I see it time and time again in all sorts of relationships that people are, are the things that they are complaining about is what they've actually attracted in because it's what's within them unhealed. So that's definitely uh, 
almost like the biggest learning is that when it coming out of the end of the first couple of years of being together, we had to make a very conscious choice. Were we going to move together forward into our future and choose consciously to be together in this relationship, knowing that we also get very deeply triggered by each other and use and really raise up our relationship as the opportunity to really heal the deepest parts of ourselves. And actually we re-termed re, re our marriage a spiritual partnership and we have relationship agreements uh, as someone would have a business agreement. Or do we separate and go and find an easier relationship, knowing that we're also taking with us those hurt, frightened parts that have been unhealed and most likely going to be attracting them in different um, areas. So that was, uh, yeah, one, probably the, I'd say the key part of our relationship that then there was so much learning that then set up the foundation of our future. That's great. Kate, I want to ask you something because it, it came to mind. I'm guessing it's popped into people's heads that are listening, which is, so you talked about the first 12 months there, you know, it was kind of a train crash. There was a lot of stuff being triggered and, and, and going on. When you're in the midst of that, what made you stick with it? Mm, great question. Within the midst of that first 12 months, uh, just a bit of context for the audience. I was on drugs. Hinari was sleeping around. So I'm talking about not just argumentative stuff. I'm talking about it was complete toxic rock bottom stuff we're mentioning here. So both of us were so entirely unconscious that we were just reacting out of our patterns that it wasn't actually a conscious decision at any point at that time to stay together. It was a total uh, pain reaction thing. It was only over time as we individually each started to grow and we both started to take our own individual journeys of growth, which was, I mean, quite incredible really. It wasn't a you need, it wasn't like an ultimatum that I will stay with you because you grow. I was looking over at him and I would see, I would see him with his 1B5 exercise book. This is into our second year of relationship. He would have his 1B5 exercise book and he would be writing his feelings. You know, this is a man who hadn't cried in 10 years. And for myself, I was seeing a counselor. So, you know, individually we're going through growth. And then I think it was about a year past that that we actually started to look at where does our future head. Uh, and that was when we started to have very conscious conversations around that. And we actually brought in an external person to facilitate conscious conversations around our future. So we had a very trained lady who came in because I was very clear that I didn't want to replicate another version of uh, basically being married to my father and vice versa. Does that, did that answer your question, Ken? Absolutely. No, I, I really appreciate that candor because I think it's one of the things that, that a lot of times we don't think about is we go into a lot of relationships, a lot of partnerships very unconsciously. Yeah. And we're not really choosing anything. Yeah. We're yep. doing what we should do, or it looks the right way, and so that should be what we're looking for, as opposed to going, does this fit? Does this really serve my bigger path and purpose and, and where I am right now? And you're talking about, you know, you guys were doing therapy and different things to support you. And again, I, I feel like oftentimes that piece is missed. We think therapies for when things are, you had something and it's falling apart. Well, maybe it's what's necessary to get something in the first place. 
and finding those resources and, and reaching out and doing that. There's no shame in that. That's actually being, you know, the best you can be and looking for the resources you need. So I really appreciate that you share that that path that you guys took that doesn't necessarily fit the storybook by any means. No, no. And in fact, it's not a beautiful meeting of, you know, we fell in love and it was all beautiful. Uh, you know, it's it's a story that it took a bit of courage originally to share with people because it is so such a it was such a toxic beginning. And actually, you know, you just talk about there that a lot of people sometimes have shame associated with going to get support. You know, I want for every listener who's listening to this, I want you to know that still now, Hinari and I get massive high-level support in our relationship in key areas. And it's not at all because our relationship actually isn't good. Our relationship now is, uh, we haven't seen a model of relationship that is better than what we have at the moment. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, some other models that, you know, can have, give us something to aspire to, but I haven't. And yet still we have support. So we have a, uh, a sex uh, tantric coach at the moment because we want to maximize every area of our life. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes people think that getting in support is about getting out of a suffering rock bottom kind of a space. Well, actually, no. There is so much more potential that we have for our lives. And for you listening to this, there is so much more potential than you have as well. We just often need sometimes some guidance to unlock that so you know we're working on our sex life so we've got a tantric coach we're working on up leveling uh, a certain area so we've got key key people who are very very skilled in that who can really help help us lift our game and you know it keeps relationship alive it keeps it it keeps it well let's just say it keeps it alive and one of the biggest things we're actually really killing off aliveness in relationship is stagnancy yeah 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 well Let's kind of switch gears a little bit here. And what I'd love for you to share is what I consider to be, you know, what's one of your proudest moments in partnership? And again, it could be, you know, romantic, family, career, wherever it lands. I'm wondering what's something that when you think about it and you're like, wow, you just, it's like you light up. You can't help but smile when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, this one here is going to be a selfishly proud moment because it was, I think, when a moment when I really got the level to which I want us to support each other in relationship and it was several several years ago uh, it was at a point where it was before we started our business my husband kept talking about hey there's this trip around Europe that I really want to take with Wayne Dyer with Louise Hay it was you know a, a fabulous trip for quite a while through all these different European countries and it was a lot of money and at and he just kept talking about it. And initially, I was a straight no on the inside. I hadn't. There was no space in my mind that that was going to happen. And then I remember one day sitting there drinking a cup of tea, and I looked at him, and I had such a paradigm shift moment that as I looked at my husband, what I saw was this is my best friend. He is saying that there's something in his heart to do. Who am I to stand in the way of that? And so I just said, yeah, let's do that. We didn't have the money. So it was a conversation then of how can we have this happen? And, uh, you know, I remember crying that day because I just, I got the difference of the kind of relationship that I wanted to create. Uh, my sister, who's, you know, really my best friend, I would want her to be in a marriage where someone honored her that much and someone honored her dreams for myself, for my daughter. I would want all women to be in a relationship like that. So then why wouldn't I give that to my husband? And so that was actually became the platform for how we 
relate to each other's dreams and how we relate to supporting each other. That is very cool. Mm. Yeah, I love that. By the way, I think this is the first time, I don't know if everybody can hear it, but this may be the first time we've ever had chickens crowing on the show, which I think is really cool. Yeah, you can tell I'm in Bali, right? Yeah, no, it's great. It's bringing me back to my roots. I grew up on a farm, so this is cool. Um, well, well, Kate, what I'd love to do now, and again, we're just kind of turning the, the corner a little bit, is if you wouldn't mind sharing a, a little story about something that's going on right now in present time, something that's really exciting in your life. And you offered this when we were preparing for this, and I'd love to have you also, since you offered, share something that maybe is challenging right now in your life regarding partnership. Would you do that for us? Oh, look, I'd love to. Uh, So right at this point in time, what's really exciting is uh, what we're both doing is for the first time we are owning our own unique voice within what it is that we're doing in the world. And so up until now, we've really had a merging of our offering. And inside of that merging, we've had to continually negotiate our key points, if that makes sense, because offering something together, you have to have something that's very combined. Whereas we've just had this massive opening and expansion and new up-leveling where we've both really said, Let's honor our unique voices. Let's get very clear around what I'm offering and what he's offering and what what my expression of my truth is and what his expression of his truth is. And so we that's what we're doing at the moment and uh, in conversation around that with ourselves and then come together and share about that. So that's what we're doing at the moment. And then, uh, yeah, what it brings up is uh, a few little things around um, being able to really I don't even know how to describe this really but I haven't actually explained this before um let me explore it it brings up I think it's what can I hold space at this level on my own and I think that's what it's brought that's what it's brought up for me and for Henari on his own he's had his own thing of being brought up on can he um sort of really let go of the control of who I am in the world and and like, and like this stuff is just really, really fine undercurrent stuff that we're talking about that manifests in normal day-to-day um, interactions. But when you really listen in and you feel the sensations in your body and you notice how you're interacting and you notice what like little arguments or little tendencies are, often people miss those cues because they think that's just a normal part of living. But it's actually what's underneath it is what we've got what we've become trained at is actually being able to really go in and find out what's actually happening, what's at the core of this, and then being able to see it as an opportunity for further expansion. So it's his little thing that's getting triggered and my little thing that's getting triggered. And so we're using that and we're in conversation on a daily basis about what's going on and then the core parts of the fear because it all comes back to one root, right? Uh, and then really expanding through that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and- I want to draw our listeners' attention to something that Kate just said. Her and her husband are in conversation around this on a daily basis. This isn't, we looked at it once and it's all good now. It's an (laughs) ongoing evolution. And when you can give it that kind of attention and that kind of care, then those little nuances 
start to make a difference. They start to add up all those little pieces and those little conversations. The next thing you know, you're like, wow, I've moved through that. But it's not a one-hit wonder. I know there's a lot of things out there saying, do this once and you're good. And that's what we like, that immediate gratification, especially here in the States. But it takes work. And part of partnership, typically the, the, the choices you make for partnership, if you're really in a partnership, are not easy. They take a lot of work and they take attention and they take consciousness and, and compassion and all those things that a lot of times we'd rather shy away from. Absolutely, absolutely. Can I add something in there, uh, Ken? Please, please. So, so what, what I've noticed, and, and this is true in every single area of our life, is that when we are up for playing the game of expansion, what that means is if you want to grow and if you really want to uh, enjoy your life in terms of growing and expanding, what happens in the expansion process is that as you're expanding past, beyond where your current set point of your the boundaries of your core identity are, when you expand beyond that, what happens is that everything that's not that actually gets triggered. So, uh, you know, Gay Hendricks refers to this as, you know, in terms of his book in The Big Leap, which talks about, you know, going beyond the comfort zone and the upper limit problem. There's all different ways in which this has been languished. But essentially, it's as we expand, what's not at that level gets triggered and it, it acts like that to pull us back into old ways of being. So we're wired to stay at a set point. Now, this is extremely true in relationships. It's also true in finance, success, happiness, you know, all of et cetera, intimacy, but extremely true in relationships. So for so that is why daily conversation, regular conversation is so, so important. So at this moment, as we are once again up-leveling to a new level in other areas of our life, as well as in our relationship, guess what happens? Uh, old parts get triggered. Now, these can come up in all sorts of ways, all sorts of ways. Uh, and a lot of them fly under the radar as just normal parts of living. And that's what uh, one of the things I like to teach people is that, you know, we do tolerate so much in life. We tolerate so much going on in the background that just goes totally unaddressed, totally undealt uh, with. But if we're just having one conversation and then thinking it's fixed, it, it's not going to cut the mustard uh, because things will get triggered and then they actually need to get worked through if you're in a relationship that's committed for expansion. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Thank you for adding that. All right, folks, we are going to put a pause on this interview right here so you can get on with your day. We have nearly 20 minutes of additional amazing content from Kate on tomorrow's show, so make sure you listen in. She's going to share with us some of the most insightful stories that are just raw and honest about what it takes to be in partnership. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure and catch part two of Kate's interview tomorrow right here on Speaking of Partnership. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday. So make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.